This is the Sanam S4 podcast brought to you by Sanam S4, the go-to people to success in the world's fastest growing economies. Season 2. As we come to terms over the new normal in COVID affected world, we bring to you the season 2, Voices from India. The spotlight this season is on the dynamics of international education that is getting re-engineered to a whole new level and the response of Indian market to these changes. Today's episode has a special topic. It is based on much sought after and elusive topic of education loans. Our guests are Mr. Ankit Mehra, co-founder, CEO and director at Gyanthan. and Mr Anand Subramanyam business head of education loans at Bank of Baroda both of them will lead the session on demystifying education loans for international students a warm welcome to both of you thanks anuradha for having us hey thanks anuradha okay could we start the session with a brief introduction from both of you so i'm one of the co-founders at gyanthan Uh, we started on this journey to kind of equalize and expand access to higher education back in 2015 and the idea really was how do we make education loans simpler and more aligned with what the student requirements are how do we make it easier for a student who is planning to go for higher studies either in india or abroad prior to starting yandhan i was working at capital one in the us after completing my undergrad from iit kanpur uh, before moving back to india i pursued my mba from esa business school In the last five years, we've worked with multiple financial institutions, uh, including Bank of Baroda, to simplify the process of higher education loans. Hi, Anuradha. I've been a career uh, financial uh, person, especially in retail finance. I got experience uh, in over about for about twenty-six years now, and it's spread across various uh, products like auto loans, home loans. But over the last ten years, probably a decade old now. I've been in education uh, loan finance. I've been specializing in that. Currently, I am with uh, Bank of Baroda. It's uh, one of the premier banks in India, which is at least a century old, having presence in more than about 9,000 plus uh, branches across the length and breadth of the country. It's been a great journey out here, and uh, yeah, glad to be on your show. We are really glad to have you both as speakers in this session. So let's go into the discussion right away with the question of what is the role and contribution of banks in lending for education abroad could we please start with mr anand for this question see uh, we are being specific this time about uh, study abroad right because the uh, banks in india have been uh, predominantly present across the uh, various segments of education both domestic uh, as well as abroad abroad has been slowly uh, picking up over the past uh, few many years and uh, banks have stepped up their uh, you know uh, support system for the students who are traveling abroad uh, for their higher education when you talk about higher education typically it means it's a high cost education compared to what you would have uh, domestically so typically the cost is going to be high that means some of sometimes the parents may not be able to uh, support it fully banks have given uh, substantial help to the student in fact um, student can uh, you know go and study need not have to pay anything during the course uh, study period he can go and get a job subsequently and then start uh, repaying his loan amount and making it very very comfortable for the students uh, 
in terms of you know study all his expenses are met typically his travel expense his study expense you know all his travel everything is taken care of. his stay everything is been uh, taken care so bank has been in the forefront uh, all along in terms of supporting the students uh, as well as their higher education concerned. needless to say they offer one of the best pricing which the students would look forward to to make it very very convenient for him to repay got it mr ankit would you want to add to what mr anand has just said so yeah so i would echo anand sir's uh, comment around uh, the gradual increase of banking products available for students going abroad i think if it, if i take uh, parallels from other countries anywhere between 30 to 40% of the total cost of education is financed by the formal financial services sector in india if i look at the study abroad segment that percentage was more or less close to 5 or 6% a few years back it's increasing over the last 5 years that we've been in existence and there is still a lot of room for growth i think both on the penetration part as well as the product development part but the signs have been fairly encouraging both from the bank's standpoint and the other financial institution standpoint again given the fact that the cost of education is fairly high uh, with respect to the disposable income the role of banks is very very critical in terms of getting the sector to grow great next there is this question that i have always thought about when i compare education loans to that of home loans or vehicle loans there is a lack of information it calls to my mind various property fairs that i have been to and where i could see many banks setting up counters to provide information to prospective applicants and when i compare this to the education fairs i haven't witnessed banks offering information during these events to students about how to go about applying or repaying the loan this lack of information could perhaps be the reason why students shy away from loans so the question that i'm building up to is this what do students need to do when applying for a loan further if they face uh, challenges in relation to payment post enrollment how can universities help advise students if problems arise let's start with mr ankit for this question so the there are a couple of uh... things i'll break this down into the first part is really where you talked about uh, comparison of the availability of home loans and car loans vis-a-vis the availability of education loans i think a lot of it is down to customer awareness and that is something that was lacking severely in the years past and that was frankly speaking one of the reasons for the genesis of our organization gyandhan because when i was pursuing my mba it was pretty tough to get an education loan from india as a matter of fact none of us got an education loan from india it was a lot down to the lack of information and uh, even cases wherein there was information there was incomplete information for a student to make the decisions and uh, in our surveys as well we have figured out that almost 40% of the students who could have been looking at education loan educations abroad have not even pursued that primarily because they have been constrained by finances so there is a lot of lack of information which has kind of permeated this issue now what can be done about it is one at gyandhan we have been on this mission to kind of uh, as i said equalize expand access to higher education and as a part of that is really creating awareness about it one at our end itself and then working in conjunction with our partner institutions uh, banks and nbfcs to create more awareness about the product and more transparency about the product now in the last 4 years there has been a huge development both in terms of availability of information and especially in terms of product availability and what i mean by that is previously it used to just be a collateral based loan you need a property before you can get a loan 
or some kind of a collateral. Now, there are a lot more options available in the markets that students can avail of. It's just really a case of guiding the students in the proper fashion. One thing I would advise students and by that extension, the universities is they need to kind of make students cognizant of the fact that they need to check the education loan is not just a checkbox at the very end, but it's something that they need to be cognizant of much earlier so that they have a better preparation when it comes to applying for an education loan. And what I mean by that is if your application is deficient in some form or fashion, you could work towards strengthening it or figuring out which is a better alternative for you. So it's important for the students to kind of start early in the education loan process and figure out what are the areas their application could be deficient. And uh, all I can say is we at Gyandhan are helping students figure out which is the best loan for their profile. So if their application is deficient in one form or fashion, we might figure out an alternative bank or an alternative NBFC that might help him get a loan. But a lot of it is really dependent on how early in the process do you get started figuring this out. Again, I'll repeat, this is not something that you should look at the very end and think of it will be done overnight. But you need some amount of preparation going in to ensure that you don't come up with surprises at the very end. And from a university standpoint, they should pretty much be looking at creating more awareness amongst the students. Okay. So the task of applying for loans should be integrated into the process way ahead when a student starts applying for education abroad and not wait for the eventualities to come to happen and not be left with options at the end. What are your thoughts on this, Mr. Anand? Just to uh, add to what uh, you had asked earlier in the question and uh, to give you some backdrops, what happens in India, you had mentioned about a home loan and uh, auto loan. These are very, very prevalent loans uh, as far as the people are concerned and everybody has a good understanding. Whereas international education, what typically happens is not many people do travel abroad for uh, higher education. So the informations are not as very high. Whereas if somebody is looking for a domestic college loan, it is still available because there are banks available in the local colleges. People tend to get to know what is the loan availability and what are the processes. So that makes it a little more uh, you know, difficult for people to get to know about international loans. But I think things are changing uh, very fast as we are talking over the last, uh, if I may say, in five to six years, there has been a tremendous knowledge in terms of uh, people uh, traveling abroad, especially undergraduate programs. A lot of people are looking at traveling abroad and of course, uh, masters are always there. So what I would suggest is typically the student uh, education loan is typically basis what the student uh, is going to take the loan for. What is the loan taken for? He's going to take loan for what he's going to study. The first thing any financier would want to know is what is he going to study? Where is he going to study? What are his opportunities post his completion of these studies? If these informations are available, it makes it a lot more easier for the bank to decide and go ahead and offer him a loan. Now, what happens is students do come in the last, uh, you know, nth moment and they say, hey, listen, I want to take a loan. Can you help me with a loan? The first question that would the bank would want to know is that, uh, hey, which college are you going to go? Which country are you planning to go? What are the opportunities? Are you going to study there and come back to India? If you're going to come back, what are the opportunities? If you're going to stay there, what are the visa options? So all these informations are not a ready-made information available. So as Mr. Ankit was sharing, it makes sense that the students start speaking to the bank a little earlier. 
And so the bank will get an idea about what the student is planning to pursue for and how they can support him in getting um, his loans. So I think the first thing, I mean, you were talking about what the colleges could do. If they can highlight about the course, if they can highlight about the opportunities for the student post-completion of the course, what has been the track in the past in terms of the job opportunities for the students, what has been the opportunities for the student in that respective country in getting a visa to work there, and all those information, if it's available, it makes it a lot more easier for the banks to take a call and offer the loan for the students. Thanks for that response, Mr. Anand, and for highlighting what we were discussing before the session began about the university's role in the process. That's actually a good point to dwell deeper into. And uh, let's discuss this further then. What do you suggest universities to do in order to co-participate in the process of making it easier for banks to issue loans to students? Let's start with Mr. Ankit. So the way I look at it is, it's in my mind, it's a three-tier structure. And that's what we've been in discussions with, frankly speaking, universities in India and universities abroad as well. In my mind, international universities or any university for that matter can participate with the financial institutions at three different layers. First layer is just more around awareness part of it, which is what we discussed in the last uh, question is hey, if you just have a the typical admissions page, the financial assistance page, and there if you have relevant links, which people can go to, that is a good start for a student to figure out, hey, how can I apply for a loan if I was joining this college or not? So that's really at the very basic level. What is the, there, there isn't participation at that stage. It's more just a awareness, but helping students in the right way. Uh, the second stage is what Anand sir was also referring to is really providing information that can help banks or financial institutions make better decisions and quicker decisions or develop new products. And that is where if international universities can share information around, hey, what is the expected placement rates or what are the historical placement rates been or what kind of salaries do they get or what kind of jobs do they get, that helps an institution assess risk fairly well and then they can make loans accordingly. So that is the second uh, stage wherein uh, universities could potentially participate with uh, financial institutions. As a matter of fact, uh, at Gyandhan, we have collated this kind of information to come up with Gyandhan score, which we have worked with a few financial institutions in India to devise new education loan products. So you can now get education loans without collateral from private sector banks at this point in time and some NBFCs. And there, our model was used by a couple of players to launch these products. But the second level is important because the information we have collected currently is more open source information. But the information directly from the universities will be very, very critical in improving these and these getting credibility and acceptance across the broader spectrum of banks in India. And then the third layer is where we are currently in discussions with a couple of universities is where universities themselves participate in the loan program. And this is a dicey subject, but this is something which has been in existence internationally, especially in the international MBA space that I've seen. When what ends up happening is think of it as a university either setting aside a fund to say, hey, we kind of partake in some of the risk or a university saying, hey, we were offering one scholarship, but we are setting aside another quote-unquote scholarship fund to be able to take care of some of the risk. Now, that will be the third layer of integration. And that's where then a lot of banks and financial institutions might be more interested in giving out loans or at least simplifying their processes or policies, so to speak. So these are, in my mind, the three layers. 
And as I said, uh, the third layer is what we think eventually will be the game. Now, whether that happens two years from now, five years from now, I don't know. But that's that's where the market will eventually settle in at. When there will be a win-win-win, when the university is saying, hey, I'm providing you an admission and I have such confidence in my placement race that I'm willing to put aside some money. So you know that the university is putting their money where their mouth is. And then the banks are also saying, hey, because you have so much confidence, I'm willing to lend way more money than I would have otherwise lent. Great. Those are some of the very good suggestions uh, that you have, uh, Mr. Ankit. I personally like the idea of how each student's case can be looked at objectively by assigning a score to the student that can determine how safe it is for the bank to back a student with a loan. Could we have uh, Mr. Anand's response to this question now, please? Basically, the job is they are helping the student um, take the finance and go and study there. And tomorrow, the bank is expecting the student to come and repay the loan amount. What are the things that helps the bank in taking a decision easier? First thing, the bank would want to know where the student is going to study. If they have a better information about the college, about the university, about the course the student is planning to go and do, what are the opportunities available for the students when he is going to do the course, what is the completion, what are the costs attached, what are the living expenses there, if he's going to stay in the college, if he's going to stay outside of the college, and all these information in terms of their past placement records and the past success story of that particular course and that particular campus. These are the information which can add a lot of value to the bank in taking a decision and in helping the student get his loan. I think uh, that's the first thing. Today, there is not too many interactions between the universities, colleges, and um, the financial institution in India. But I guess that's going to be uh, soon picking up as we are talking. So once that starts and once you start getting communication on those levels, it becomes easy. Please understand, there are a multitude of colleges and universities across the globe. And yeah, everybody knows some of those top tier institutes and top tier colleges and STEM courses in some of those, uh, you know, USA, Canada, everybody knows. But not every student goes there. And every student, I mean, everybody chooses a different, different colleges. If those informations are available, it makes it a lot more easier. Otherwise, lending to the top tier colleges is very easy. Everybody knows an Harvard or a Stanford, right? But we need to know about other colleges. We need to get those information from other colleges so that it becomes easy for the banker, I should say, for them to take a decision. And as Ankit was sharing, I think if all informations are readily available and if collaboration happens, then it becomes a lot more easier for the student, for the college, and for the banker. Great. So it is good to note how a university can collaborate and make it that much clear for a financial institution to uh, make it successful for the student to apply and uh, get through to an institute. And with that insight, uh, let's come to our last question for the day, uh, which is, what are your views on the impact of uh, the present situation in the short term and long term? Uh, how do you think it will pan out when it comes to the impact of COVID on education loans in the future? If I could begin with Mr. Anand for this question, please. The outcome or the what is going to be the end result of this pandemic is anybody's guess right now. But what we are seeing is some early trend. There is uh, a lot of uh, focus and shifting which is happening towards um, e-learning now. 
while the joy of going to a college is obviously there, but what's happening because of the contingencies, a lot of colleges have started um, giving courses online. Okay, that is the primary thing which is happening. But what is not clear right now, and which I guess um, we, do, we need to wait for answer, is that how are the uh, visa norms going to span out across the globe and across different, different countries in the globe? Because if the college is going to start now, we don't have an answer on if he's taking admission on an you know online course basis, but what if he does not get a visa? There are some countries, what I gather is they're going to give a visa, which is going to be uh, futuristic, meaning I will give you a visa today, but you can come to my country probably after December. But there is still some amount of uh, clarity that you can go there and continue your studies. But a lot of countries, the visa office is yet to open. So there needs to be a clarity which has to come in there for us to come to grips with it. But in terms of the sheer education, I was listening to a few academicians uh, recently. What is panning out is that there could be a lot more collaboration between Indian universities and the international universities. If you're going to do only online courses, they're saying, how will the practicals happen? So maybe they will tie up with a lot of Indian universities where the student can go to those institutions and learn the practical, uh, you know, or do the practical uh, experience or whatever they have to do that because people are not allowed to travel so all these things are, are just panning out it's all been very very uh, nascent stage nothing has been uh, come to any conclusion yet and uh, i think we will have to wait and watch a little bit more rather to come to a conclusion on what would the outcome would be one thing is for sure the education is, isn't going anywhere nor is the financing for the student or or any of those other fundamental for this, if I would say this vertical or this education as an institution is going anywhere. It's going to remain there. Yeah, the modus, the way we are going to operate, we will see some changes. How it will pan out, maybe we will get to know probably in about a quarter from now. Maybe three, four months from now, we should be able to see that. Sure. So yes, as these are times which are unforeseen, we need some time, of course, to come to un an understanding of how we deal with it. And with that, let's come to Mr. Ankit and his thoughts on the question, please. You have to take it by the day. But in the short term, uh, if I had to take a guess, I think there will be some concerns around, obviously, and specifically if I talk about the education loan part of it, there will be some issues with some lenders having either liquidity issues or around availability of loans. But more importantly, the lack of clarity around the visa bit or the lack of clarity on validity of online learning in the first semester, those could pose risks in terms of a student potentially looking at a loan. That could have that would happen in the short term. I'm pretty sure both banks and uh, universities are working towards figuring those out. And once that is figured out, then things would ease up. But yeah, I think in the short term, a lot of it is contingent around how do the universities react to it. More importantly, how do the governments react to it? And also, how does the pandemic, uh, how long does the pandemic last? I think in the longer term is where I would be a bit, bit more confident sticking my neck out as, uh, yes, as uh, was mentioned, there will be a move towards, I would say, a hybrid model. I think what I have realized in the past few months is that uh, we're not moving to a completely online regime. There is still a value to classroom learning. So there might be a hybrid model that will evolve. That's number one. Number two is it will have a ripple effect on some universities really around the cost of education being so high. It's, there have been articles flying for the last few years around the cost of education, outstripping the cost of other in inflation costs in other segments. So there might be some universities that might actually feel the pressure and you could see either a downward revision in costs 
or you could see some universities shutting down as well. That would be the second thing that I would call out. And then the third thing I would call out is uh, I do expect there will be a lot of lot more participation and collaboration between universities and financial institutions to create that win-win-win solution that I was talking about. Because I definitely think that the way forward is where everyone's interest is aligned towards ensuring a brighter future for the student. And so that means banks are increasingly lending more sums and universities are making it easier for banks to lend more sums. And then the students getting into favorable conditions to repay those loans. And that brings this episode to an end. Thanks, Mr. Ankit and Mr. Anand. It was great discussing with both of you about how future is evolving when it comes to education loans for international students and how the present situation may impact the same. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anuradha. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. With this episode, we bring the season two to an end. It has been a great journey for us and we hope you all enjoyed it equally well. Watch out this space the season 3 of Sanam S4 podcast to be released on 15th of July. This is Anuradha signing off, wishing good health and happiness to all of you. This episode